Hey, this is Tim Chasen from the East Pointers, and you're listening to Tobin Tonight. Welcome to the podcast, Tim. Yeah, thanks uh, for having me. Tell me a little bit about how this band formed, because I know I, I did a little bit of research. I tell people I know a little bit about them, not everything, because if I know everything, why are we here? But I did a little bit of research and I found out like at 14, you really like you, you dabbled in different instruments, but at 14, you were kind of starting your whole musical career with a couple of like your siblings, cousins. I kind of refer to you almost like a Jimmy Rankin in a way, because it's like, yeah, you're, you're doing the band thing with the family. And it's like, <laughs> all right, Jimmy's yeah. got that covered. What are you doing, Tim? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess, yeah, I grew up like many families on the East coast, just, uh, playing music with my siblings and cousins and with no intention of, um, you know, that's it. It was just how a lot of people was part of the culture. Um, as you know, like in Atlanta, Canada, and, uh, it's just kind of in the blood and, and my older brothers, like going way back, my older brothers played in cover bands and Celtic bands. And I just really looked up to them. And I remember, they asked me to play bass in that band, which was like a Celtic rock band when I was about 14. So that's when my first taste of like actually playing shows and going on tour, like across Canada and stuff like that happened. And then I started, whenever they kind of stopped playing, I dabbled in a solo kind of like singer songwriter stuff. Uh, and that's where my true like passion and love was with, uh, was writing songs. And I did that for a number of years until Cody and Jake and I, just kind of, you know, I guess organically we're like, oh, we should just, you know, we, we were hanging out, drinking beers, playing tunes and none, like, again, no intention of doing anything really just wanted to have fun. And yeah. And that's kind of when the East Pointers formed in about 2014, I guess, just out of sheer, like we enjoyed each other's company, obviously Cody and I are first cousins and Jake was a really good buddy. And, and then we had this opportunity to go on a tour shortly after we formed to go to Australia and I had been to Australia like as a solo artist before. And, but when we got there that time, it was like, oh, maybe we should do this more often. And, and then, then we began to take it more serious. And then that first album that we made got nominated for Juno. And we were like, what the hell? Uh, or sorry, it won a Juno. And then, and then we, yeah, from there, from there on out, we kind of yeah, took it obviously much more serious and toured a lot. <laughs> You win it in 2017. Like I, I, it's almost like in hockey when it's like rookie of the year. You win rookie of the year. There's high expectations, but like the next year when you get nominated and you like don't win. Now, I, I don't mean it to be like ruffling feathers, but like, <laughs> are you kind of like what? What we won it last year? Like yeah. how did how did we not like how are we not winning this anymore? Like what's going on? Like I know yeah. there's more people coming up, but do you ever like make fun of yourselves where you're just like we oh, won it? Sure. And how, yeah. how how are we not here? <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's the award shows are that's a whole other can of worms like it's just such, it's, a, it's a funny concept to like judge someone who's a completely different thing than what you anyway blah blah blah. but it's yeah. you want to protect yourself because you are nominated again and then you got six like you know you got so yes. many nominations again this yeah, year that's right yeah. <laughs> yeah but we um yeah yeah the next year we didn't win which is okay <laughs> but yeah we're actually yeah we're heading to the junos next weekend which is cool and i'm excited that actually our good buddies of ours the fortunate ones are which is obviously they're from your neck of the woods oh yeah um they uh they're nominated in the same category which is kind of which is kind of cool and i'm actually just looking forward to uh 
the thing about like, I think we're the only two, I could be wrong, but I feel like we're the only two East coast bands that are going to be at the Junos this year. So it's kind of like, we're just going to hang out, have fun for the and weekend. Of course, and of course, in typical, in typical Juno fashion, they have you nominated <laughs> against each other where it's almost yeah. like, it's like, no, we, we can't have these East coasters teaming up against the rest of the world here. We need yeah. these guys like going neck and neck. I, I just, I would laugh at where there's like in catering or like behind the scenes where it's like, you know, like, how do you feel about those crowd windy awards? Like, love them, love them. But then as soon as the cameras come out, <laughs> mother fuck, how do you, like, why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think um, any of us take it too seriously, but it is kind of cool. Like, I mean, I know I'm kind of acting like it's not anything, but it is cool to just be like, even like Blackie and the Rodeo Kings and lots of great bands that are going to be around. And it's just cool that we're in their company. I want to ask you, like, I know you were talking about how you formed, but who came up with the name, the East Pointers? Because I feel like there's someone in Newfoundland right now going, I had that trademark for my band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? It, there was, like I say, there wasn't much thought that went into, um, like the East Point is just like close to where Cody and I had grown up. So we, and actually Cody fished, He's, he was a lobster fisherman for a bunch of years and my brother and his brother, they're all on the East point in the North Lake. That's where okay. they fished out of and still do. I think it was just one night where we're like, Oh, the East pointers, that could be kind of a cool name. And that was it. That was the only, that was the only conversation that was had. And that was, like I said, before we were going to take it seriously. So it just turned into that. And, and, and that's what it was. There was no real, <laughs> no real thought to be honest I, I feel like there should be like some merchandise where it's just literally like at the very east point of a t-shirt you just you literally just have a point and someone's just going to be like i don't understand it but like your hardcore fan base yeah they'll be like it. yeah yeah it's like we get yeah. it see i'm 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 helping you market yeah this. totally that's a good yeah. idea like you'd have that's how you figure out which which are your hardcore fans and which fans are just kind of like yeah like i i like them but i don't really know much about them like who's that yeah. it's like, that's actually the, the lead singer they'll be like yeah. oh yeah totally yeah totally yeah. Do that. good um, good call yeah the eastern I, yeah you got it. <laughs> i like to tell people how i kind of found out about them or like you know because you you always get these stories especially now with like instagram the social media side where you can always check out a tweet and it's a fan who's like you know went to your concert last night loved it and it's like that's cool but when you actually get to face to face to see someone, it's nice to see their expression for me. Anyway, mm -hmm. I remember this Christmas. Now, of course, obviously in 2017, I've heard of you because people were being like, Hey, this band is from your neck of the woods. I'm like, again, PEI Newfoundland, but I was, it was Christmas time and Instagram had suggested a few songs for me. And I was like, cool. Like I, I know these artists. And then you're like the, these pointers came up and I think it was like winter green. Now, uh, you know, in my mind, I like it as a, a as a Christmas tune. Maybe oh, yeah. necessarily like, you know, maybe not what you were going for, but that's what I thought of it as. But it's funny because that's where I was like, okay, I like this one and I like Stronger Than You Know. Mm -hmm. So that was the other one that I really liked. But like, I remember saying like when I first downloaded these songs, I'm like, man, this has like kind of like a Celtic vibe. Um, I even showed it to my dad and my dad's really picky with his music. <laughs> and yeah. uh, he was kind of like, yeah, they're all right. And I'm like, if you get a yeah, you're all right from Willie Tobin. Okay. You're good. You're good. Okay. But, okay. Well, that's um, good to know. Yeah, but like the other side of it too, and I, I've, I did my prior research to this, is we actually had Emma Watkins on 
Or is it oh, no, yeah. yeah, from the from the Wiggles. Yeah, and she had mentioned because they were touring Can at the time. She was talking about how Edmonton tied all back into the Junos was more or less like really cold. I was like, go get a winter jacket. You're going to need it. She's like, what's a winter jacket? I'm like, uh, we, we'll, we'll talk about it out, off camera. Um, but like she had mentioned that she had performed with you guys. And I, I thought that was like a big compliment because, you know, at, at first when you have someone like herself mention a PEI band or like just any band in Canada in general, and like she wasn't struggling with the name at all. She like telling the names and i was just like oh i was like that must be like a uk band that i've never heard of and i was like oh wait i have heard of these people i'm like wait you got to be on stage with him and him (laughs) but in the other aspect i'm like wait they got to be on stage with emma and then i was just like that's kind of a cool experience but like do you do you remember that and like how was how was the whole realm yeah emma's uh emma's a good friend of ours she's um i mean she was just on pei not too long ago for for a little visit but she, yeah, I, I'm just trying to think of how that all came about. We, I went to Australia, like I say, before the East Pointers formed. I was on a, in a, on a tour in Australia with, uh, I think I was with Matt Anderson at the time. Anyway, but um, I met, I, I worked with the, an Australian label and they were the same label as the Wiggles. And the Wiggles were doing a duets album and they wanted something from the east coast of canada and and my the guy who represents like whatever um basil okay. is his name really great guy he said oh you should check out this artist from the east coast of canada he's on her label and sure enough they got in touch with me to do the squid jigging ground which is where they went to film obviously in newfoundland nice yeah and uh and then I, but i never re- actually met them at the time so i just kind of did the song with them and chatted with them online and then when we went back to australia probably a year later the, uh, with the East Pointers, they came out to our show. And then it, it was just like kind of like a match made in heaven. I don't know. We just, yeah, got to be really good friends. with that was probably back in like 2016 or 2017 with Anthony and Emma and Lockie and, and Simon. And, and they asked us to do some shows with them. So we kind of backed them up on their like big arena right. shows, which was such a hoot because we were just in those towns at the same time. Yeah, then we just kind of got to know them really well. Like we went to their houses many times and yeah, just really great people and, and did lots of collaboration with them. And, and then Emma came to a festival in, in Australia and was up on stage with us like, I don't know, maybe 10 times and came to a few other shows here and her partner, Ollie. But just great people that you're just, you can just tell like, I love them because they work so hard and it's like they're successful because they work so hard and they love what they do. They love people. Yeah, there's just no. They're just no real. phoniness. I yeah, guess. no phoniness. Yeah. They just work hard and 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 they respect like what we do. We respect what they do, and it just was like it's so fun and different. Like I know the last time that we saw them. Well, and like I say, Emma was on PEI not long ago, but before that, we hadn't seen them since. Like we were not. We were actually on tour in Australia whenever COVID hit. So we were in the studio in their the Wiggles like headquarters probably just a few days before that filming like a segment for <laughs> Anthony just he's a crazy <laughs> in, a, in a good way just like full of energy and he was he just was like oh do you guys want to come and do this with us and we're like yeah sure and we hop in he I haven't heard the song before but he's like okay just I'm gonna play the song you just we're hit the record button and you're like okay and then 10 minutes later you're in front of the camera singing the song with like sheep and animals and all these things in the room. And anyways, it's, it's just such a fun 
thing to be a part of. And yeah. When you were on tour with them or when they forming backup kind of in that role, did they kind of tell you to pick a color to wear? Was it almost like, no, Hey, no. I'm the yellow wiggle. You, you be yeah. green. <laughs> I wish that they asked us to pick our colors, but no, they didn't. We were, I guess we were too much in the back. <laughs> I would, I would pretty, love to see that. Yeah. But they would, it was crazy because they would play, you know, a show at, 9 a.m. and have like 15,000 people and then they play another show that day at 12 o'clock another 15,000 and then another show at five o'clock with another 15,000 people so literally like 45,000 people roll through the kids roll yeah, through yeah. in one day so the amount of energy and excitement when they come out on stage is just like my cheeks hurt like all yeah, of us yeah. like we're looking at each other like laughing so hard because the kids are losing it and their show is so funny and it's incredible. It's amazing. So, Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at 4Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Like, I think in, in a weird way, like, I, you know, because I know Emma took kind of a break from the Wiggles and like she mm. was like she was on the rise. And I think she still does her own thing as well with Emma. Yep. But like I, I do like this is another part of the thing that I do like about, you know, having people on and generally having conversations with them. It's just like she did mention, you know, it, it's great to do that in front of kids. It's great to like, you know, entertain them. But like behind the scenes, it's like who's amping you up? Like who's kind of keeping you mm. in check? And then she did mention like it just comes a time where I think when she just said like she had to take a break and COVID was a, like in a way it was a perfect example for her to take mm-hmm. a break. Cause she got to spend time home when she realized how much she kind of missed home. But like, do you find that at times too, with like just in general with performing, like, cause I kind of relate it to like a great big C when you're like a band that people expect the energy, people expect yeah. you to like pump them up. And then if you come out on stage and you're like, all right, like I'm, I'm not having the best of days, but I know that this is what they came to see. Like, how yeah. do you kind of keep yourself level or in check from going over, over the rail? Yeah, no, for sure. I think that's a big part of uh, entertaining, especially when you do play in a band that like people are there, like, okay, I'm here yeah. to dance and have a good time and, and all that. But there's been many, <laughs> many, because I'm, I'm not sure if you've ever been on like a, on tour or whatever, but just driving in general, like, and I'm not, not complaining about going on tour, but like, it's an exhausting uh, process. And I think after COVID and then, and then touring again, you're kind of like, Whoa, I'm at head of, head of practice. Like, like just flying, not sleeping well, no regular, no routines, like there's nothing like, so you're just kind of generally exhausted all the time, whether you kind of realize it or not, you kind of run on adrenaline a lot. But luckily I I found you just hop on stage and because you love what you do, you're just like, everything kind of goes out the window for that. 
like hour and a half or two hours or whatever and everything else like you know you load in sound check pack up like there's a lot of great moments to the day but there's also a lot of times where it's just like i know just being exhausted so i i think trying to keep your and i know i've talked to emma about this actually you know trying to keep your health in check and like establishing some sort of routine for your body yeah because like you say it can go off the rails for sure and it's easy (laughs) have a couple beers every night and and stay up late and yeah you can really and you can see it in some performers like entertainers like you can just see the years of wear and tear on their body (laughs) i want to ask you like i i know speaking of like kind of the mental side of things you know you recently had lost a band member in cody Mm -hmm about it's roughly about like a year and so many months like two or three months now Mm -hmm. uh like how hard was that like number one to handle the loss but then Mm -hmm. to figure out like okay what do we do because obviously i don't think anyone would fault you or or you like the remaining members of saying like hey we need a break this is big like we didn't expect this or like was it kind of like man we we kind of need to keep doing this in his legacy and for us to kind of get through this. Cause listen, if I was in that peace of mind, I don't think there's any wrong answer, but it's just mm-hmm. like, for me, it's like once I start getting through a little bit of depression or mm-hmm. something tragic happens, I'm like, all right, we can't just like stop. I need something to keep me going. Cause as yeah, soon as I stop, it's over. Like mm-hmm. if I just, if I gave up podcasting more because something happened, I'm not picking it back up. Yeah, no, it's been like if it have it, and I'm sure lots of people may be listening uh it, when you lose someone so close it's uh it's like un, it's unlike anything like you just can't it's indescribable it almost doesn't still it still doesn't feel real that like you know I'll see a picture of Cody or you know or just something about code like I'm just like really like code and I grew up together played music together since we were kids and then and we're always such great like very very close and then obviously starting the band is like a whole other chapter of our lives in our adulthood you know with with jake and i we when shortly after code passed it was like for me i thought you know what like what an amazing thing that we did and and had as the east pointers and but i thought like you know we're not going to be these pointers anymore i think that's just like that's a chapter of our lives that was like something that i thought in my head and i know that but as time kind of went on, I think, you know, we had a whole EP or like a half of an album recorded with Cody and Code was so pumped about the songs. Like he was just like over the moon to get them out. And he was the one that was always like, okay, what do we need to do? Like we had just recently signed with Network, uh, which is a great label, uh, I guess back at the end of 2021 or so. And so Code is really excited. He's like, okay, what, what can we do to get this record going and blah, blah, blah. And, and we were just writing all the time and we were just like, we can't not put these songs out. And we have so many other songs that we had written with Cody and little bits and bobs of things. And, and I think there came a point where Jake and I were like, we should keep going. Like we should keep this band alive. And I think that's what Cody would, would want. And it's not going to be the same, obviously it's just going to be Jake and I, and it's not going to be, uh, there's going to be a, a huge hole and there always will be. So yeah, it, it's tricky to even sort, and it's even at the beginning stages of that. Like, we're not supposed yeah. to do our first show until the fall, but then this thing came up at the Junos where uh, obviously being nominated, and then the show actually we're doing with the Fortunate Ones 
like we're able to ask us if we would would play and at first we said no but then we were like maybe we should maybe should, this should be the first thing that we do just a, a quick set like kind of acoustic vibe so yeah so that's kind of where we're at currently and then like we have some touring coming up in the fall and uh, and some new singles and stuff coming out so but it's always like i think the east pointers will always be the three of us yeah like just not the three of us on stage so that's the that's our moving forward kind of yeah with Kobe because we've written so much with him and, and have grown so much and and really the band is it revolves around Cody because that's kind of why we started in the first place too so but yeah it's it's bizarre and very surreal hello I'm Wendy Mesley there you are a lot of people have wondered what happened to you I could say the same about you Maureen Holloway well, here we are, a few years after we left our previous jobs. We've been busy. We have a podcast. I know, you're thinking, who doesn't? But ours is really good. It's called Women of Ill Repute. We don't just talk to women, though. Just the most interesting people you'd ever want to meet. Artists, musicians, comedians, doctors. Activists, convicts, writers, sex workers. Drop some names. Jan Arden. Pamela Anderson, Bruce Coburn, Samantha Irby, Louise Penny, Marilyn Dennis, Colin Mockery. We laugh, we cry, sometimes we argue. Come and find us. Our website is womenofillrepute.com. Or try Apple, Spotify, and all the podcast places. So now you know what happened to us, Women of Ill Repute. No, you know what? I, I feel like, and, and again, like I was never in a band. I can't relate to it completely but there are times and i'll look back and like you know like for example like uh i'm looking at like sugarland or destiny's child and you'll go back and look at old videos mm. and like i really liked when sugarland came out with their i can't remember the first song right now but i remember there was three of them and that's mm. how i always remembered as three of them like regardless yeah. of what happened with the three like if there was a falling yeah. out or whatever yeah it's just like that that's the that's my that's where my mind goes and same yep. with destiny's child like say my name it's like yep. there are four of you in that video then it became three and then yeah. all three of you decided to do it but it's like destiny's child me is always four yeah so i i get no, it and i want i want people to always think that the east pointers is the three of us like i don't yeah. want yeah so i that's a good point i never thought of that so it's um yeah and i think anyone who knows the band will know the three of us and it was always special with the three of us and yeah it, it would never be anybody else so it's yeah i think like a, an equivalent to that like is you know like in the sense of and i, I don't want to ruffle feathers because i know there's probably people that like both sides of it but like i grew up liking blink one too like tom mm -hmm. you know uh mark and travis yeah. And then when Tom goes his own way, like, yeah, I followed angels and airwaves. Like, I'm not going to lie. But then like yeah. they bring in another guy, I think it was like Matt, but I'm just like, I like a few of your songs, but you're not who I, you're not like what I came to see, but I'm not like, dole, like I'm not basically like saying like you're a piece of shit. It's like, yeah. it is what it is, but yeah. it's just, there are people out there like, man, without, without Tom, it's not blink. And yeah. you know, you can kind of, do that but i think the other side of it is is with like for your sake with the east pointers it's like continue it on there's still a fan base that's going to be there like and you know yes he's he's not there but they know like essentially like in spirit he's there mm -hmm. or they're doing it not because they're like yeah well we're just continuing on without him like screw him like no they're mm -hmm. continuing on because they felt like they needed to and mm -hmm. he's always there like 
I, I would think it'd be interesting. Like, I don't know how long you can, you can keep it going, but it would be cool if like when you do a grand stage concert or when you do any concert, just have a flashlight or like a light on just an empty like mic or something. And then people are just like, you know, even for a younger generation, I find like they're just like, sometimes you go see a band and they're like, why are they doing that? I'm like, Oh, because when their bandmates died, and that's kind of their legacy. And then that person then goes later and looks them up and finds out the whole history of it. Right. So yeah, yeah. it'd be no. kind of cool. Yeah. And I know some people have, have actually said like, Oh, who are you going to get to replace coding? It's just like, you can't, I, I can't even, like, I couldn't imagine yeah, having yeah. someone else on stage. It's just yeah. not, uh, yeah. Anyway, it's kind of like, it's kind of, you know, what? like it, just well, next, next top, but it's kind of like when, you know, someone like I guess in our case, we we did have a a mother who lost their daughter like a couple of years ago, and it's almost like you don't want to be disrespectful about it, but it's almost like okay, like how are you going to fill that void? It's like you don't you don't mm. fill the void. You find something that you can essentially kind of comfort yourself with, yeah. but it's never gone. Like we still yeah. we still see like she shares images of her as many times as she can. She still kind of says like happy birthday, and like yeah. I know there are probably people out there like why like what are you doing she's out here it's like yeah but up here she's yeah. never left so like <laughs> and i feel like that's the same thing like if someone's coming up and you be like hey you got to replace him it's like uh no he doesn't yeah uh, he's still he's still there in some yeah. capacity yeah oh for sure like i i believe that this is probably like the real first time that i've lost someone so near and dear to me i think and so it's um yeah it's a process and grief is everyone deals with it differently and everyone just moves at their own pace and yeah. And to, like you say, be respectful of who, whoever lost someone, like the way yeah. that they're dealing with is, is there's no right or wrong way to, to go about that. Obviously. So I, I want to ask you, cause again, like I, I feel like we're, we're really close in age. Like you're about five years young, or older than me. Um, so I guess in the kind of a fun aspect here is like, I'm 31, you're mm-hmm. 36. Like, can you tell me what future Brian can expect in like the next five years? Is there like, you know, cause when I turn 30 and I've got friends that are still like 25, 26, 27, and I know when they turn 30, they're going to be like coming to me and be like, man, like it feels like my whole life is over. I'd be like, I, I understand it may last a couple of months, but just remember like you just turned 30. So yeah. relax. like, uh, yeah, I still true. think I'm 30, not 31, but like, yeah. But what, well, what advice I, uh, do you have for me? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not sure where you're at in life. Do you have any kids? No. No kids. Okay, so I, the, the biggest difference, I guess, from, from your age to my age is I had my first child when I was 32. Okay. And then I had my second child when I was 35. So, yeah, I have two kids, and life <laughs> is completely different than when I didn't have kids. And I know everyone said, oh, when you have kids – your life's going to change. It's good. You're going to wonder what you're going to, what you've done with your life before you had kids. And, and I'd be like, Oh yeah, I'm sure it's not going to be that different. And I'll keep doing what I'm doing and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's the most special thing ever having, having children. It's the most difficult and the most incredible thing at the same time. It's um, so that that's the biggest thing for me is realizing that it's not all about me. <laughs> it's, uh, it's like everything is about my children and, and obviously my wife and my family. And, and then obviously you have to, you have to do what you love. Obviously you have to keep doing. And I think that my wife and I have balanced the, uh, 
like ensuring that each of us have enough time for what fulfills us and makes us happy. And then, yeah. And then doing what's best for what's best for your kids. And I, I would say I've gotten probably more mature, but who knows? <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, don't, don't fret. Like I think yeah. as a 30 year old or 31 year old. Yeah. I remember thinking that I was old when I was 31 and now that I'm 36, I'm like, I still think I'm old, but I'm sure when I'm 41, I'll be like, Oh, I wish I was 36 or whatever. Like, Okay, that sounds that sounds more promising. Okay, I like that. Yeah. Answer. <laughs> and yeah. I think just another thing too, maybe it, as I get older, is taking better care of my mental health, my body. That's. I mean, I, I was always fairly good at that. I, I feel like since my mid twenties, I've had a few things that happened that I was like, okay, I gotta take care of my okay my, my mind and my body. So yeah, I've been fairly consistent as as far as I can as much as I can. So, but even just more as I grow older, just that, you know, taking care of, cause you, your body is like they said, your body is your temple. And I don't want to be like a crappy old piece of, you know, whenever I get <laughs> to make 50. That, 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 that's fair. I find like, you know, what go to the whole mental side of it. It's like, I look at some things that I did in my twenties. Now I wasn't crazy in my twenties. Like I was mm. pretty moderate or maybe people be like you were boring. Like there are certain things I look back at now as like 30 and I'm like, how did I do that in university? Like, how did that, fu- how did I function like that? Like, how did oh, I yeah. look at a paper? And it's like, yeah, it's, um, this paper's due Friday. I'm like starting at Monday and I'm like, okay. And then you'd be at Friday night where it's like deadline is 12 o'clock and you'd have it submitted by Like, I wasn't like 12 in the dot, but I'd be like 1130 and yeah. around 11 o'clock, I'd be like, yeah, I'm just going to go down to the store and like, you know, get, get a pack of like gushers or Skittles just to keep me going. And I'm like at now at 30, I'm like, I'd have that paper like done within Tuesday or Wednesday. Cause yeah. I'd have it spaced out and I'd be like, good, you're on the ball. Right. <laughs> and I say that yeah. knowing that I probably wouldn't, I'd probably stay, I'd probably stay Thursday night and be like, all right, pack of Skittles, Mountain Dew. <laughs> and, uh, let's start. And then I'd be yeah, like oh. emailing a teacher and be like, uh, this ain't going to be done by 12. Yeah. They were like, I gave you a week. I'd be like, you understand how my week works. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. I was the same when I was in university. It was, um, a just, I don't know how I even got anything done from, you know, between partying and yeah. Like eating, like you say, Skittles and Mountain Dew. Yeah, just like, look, I'm like drinking a, I'm drinking a, a Gatorade here. Like I'm sure people <laughs> are like, what do you, what shouldn't that be water? I'm like, don't worry. I got water in the back, but I just need yeah. an energy drink. Why? Yeah. I don't That's know. Okay. I, just, I just felt like it's, an extra, it's just an extra <laughs> sugar. Yeah, no, I hear you. Same. And I, I look back at my younger years and, and think, Oh my God, my body's how did I even survive? But, um, but I think your body adjusts as you start treating it better. You can always start whenever. I want to clue it up um, with a little bit of a fun aspect of the game here. We call it random questions, completely random. If you don't like it, you can pass. Or you can be like, shut up, Tobin, you answer it. And then I'll be like, all right, fine. Put me on the spot. Do you remember your first kind of dad moment where it's like, okay, like this is like, you know, cause everyone's like, yeah, I got a child. I'm a dad now. But like your first actual dad moment where maybe you were kind of worried about a child or you're kind of like, man, this is totally like, you know, some people make, dad jokes or dad humor where it's like yeah he's a total dad do you remember like the first time that you felt like a dad oh god so many times i don't (laughs) know where to where to start i can't i'm not sure the first time maybe even just after my son was born i think it was like what the fuck like yeah yeah (laughs) this 
like kid just came out of my what like yeah, yeah. You, you're just like you feel like an like an actual animal yeah i think that was probably the, the first moment of like we had our baby at home actually and, and i remember just being like completely like what the hell like you just how much we're like out of touch i guess maybe in, i'm just yeah. for myself how much i'm out of touch with like what like just being like a human being that re- reproduces like other humans. Like, uh, and you have those moments. I think every, sometimes I'm just like, I can't believe I have like these kids can't like are come from, like I'll say yeah. like, sometimes like, I think when my son was born, that was one of the first, like soon as he was born was like, uh, you know, catching, catching him being like, what the hell? Like, this is wild. Like, yeah. yeah. It's like, no, yeah. it's like i'm responsible for this okay. I, yeah. yeah and that's that's the other thing where you're like okay i got to keep not me my wife more yeah, so yeah. but like you got to keep this human alive <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah it's just it's just interesting because when you actually think of it like now i haven't been in the shoes but i'm just like you know because when you get older you're like man like look at the like the lessons you learned from your parents or like what yeah. they taught you and then it's like man like you think they have it all figured out but they're pretty much winging it and then no, like totally. you get older you're winging it but then they grow up and tell you hopefully like hey yeah. like you taught me so much stuff and then you're like yeah that's right i taught you a lot and then when like <laughs> they leave the room they're like fuck like yes <laughs> success like yeah. i didn't i didn't mess this one up yeah. the other two on the other hand like that's how yeah. i feel with my family i've got two older brothers okay. and they always say like the oldest one is like cradled you know, yeah. the second oh, one's yeah. like, all right, we kind of learned our mistakes. We're going to fit. And then the third one's almost like, buddy, we've been yeah. here before. You go do yeah. what you want. And it's yeah. like, that's kind of how I felt. Like, yeah. you know, my nan well, was getting older, yeah. but like at the same time, it's like you look at old pictures of my nan with my other two brothers. She's like holding them tight. Like, yeah. don't drop them with me. She's kind of like, listen, if you fall, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. You got two others. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I can totally relate because I'm, uh, I'm the youngest of um, six, actually. So my sister has all these stories about how my mom and dad wouldn't let her do this and that and very, so many stories. And then, you know, the next one comes next. One, and then by, by the time number six comes, like I, they're just like, whatever. Like, I don't, I don't remember them telling me to do anything like I, like all through high school. And so, but, but I also, I think there's a certain aspect, like you could probably relate to like, as the youngest like because there's no hard rules you don't have a desire to break them so like i was probably uh, all my siblings are pretty great and there's not anyone that's but i i would say maybe i could have been the most laid back but but i even noticed that with my daughter she's so much more laid back than my son because i think we were all like your was your first child you're just like oh my god like protect them and do this and that and then the second one comes and you're just like oh okay whatever she's over there eating seaweed on the beach but like she's fine it's not gonna kill her do you remember your most embarrassing moment on stage oh there must be oh i have one that was fairly embarrassing that i remember once we were driving from embarrassing but yeah and stupid so like we were driving from scotland combo yeah (laughs) yeah we were driving from scotland to uh england and it was a really big drive that day, I remember. And I drove the whole time. It was like an eight-hour drive. So we were going to northeast Scotland. And just exhausted and got on stage. Didn't really realize. Like, when, I'm not sure if you've been, but in Scotland and England, it's like kind of like 
somewhat like Canada in the U.S. It's kind okay. of like you know, in a way, like just the like the rivalry or like the Scotland's like the small, you know, England okay. bunched like whatever yeah, posh yeah. people were like Scottish, you know, blah blah blah. So they don't like if like basically what I did is I said. I referred to being in England when I was, when we were actually in Northern Scotland and everyone okay. looked like, did he just say like, yeah, did he, he just say that we're in England? Said. Yeah. There are people genuinely uh, upset <laughs> that uh, I can't remember how I said it, but I remember the, the guys looking at me like, did you just fuck say that we're in England when yeah. we're in Scotland? And I was yeah. like, Oh my God, I had a total like moment on like, and I just tried to explain like, you know, I drove for, eight hours and I'm exhausted. I didn't mean to yeah. say that. Anyways, yeah. that was, that, that's one that comes to mind, but, and, and to this day, we've actually been back to that venue. They brought it up. Um, every time we've gone back. <laughs> of course, of course. It's yeah. like, you know, it's like walking into like, I, I guess it's like, I don't know everything about say their football, but it's like, you know, I, cause I remember at Carlton, there's obviously different branches of people that come in from all over the world. I remember soccer is really big and mm-hmm. what we call it soccer. They have it yeah. football, but like, you know, you go up to someone's like, uh, are you, you going for man, you Chelsea or Liverpool. It's like, dude, I, I don't care. And they're like, <gasps> they get like, so like, and I'm just like, wait, what did I say? Like, I just, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be more respectful by saying, I don't care than give you a wrong answer. Yeah. But I guess it's the same as, you know, listen, we're Canadian. And like, I guess like we're super friendly at, at points, but like if someone comes up to me, and they're like, man, I, I don't care who wins Toronto or Montreal. I'm like, wait, what? You yeah, don't care who wins? Like, who do you go for? Like, well, it's like, I really like the Leafs, but I like Carey Price. I'm like, you know what? That's fair. That's fine. You can, that's, <laughs> But if you're like, I like Toronto, but I I will root for Montreal in the playoffs. I'm like, ha, no. Yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. No, it's the same. Yeah. Exact same yeah. thing. The, okay. So the last one they have here for a random question. This one's not a, this one's okay, I guess. What's a song that you love to perform that isn't one of your own like something like it can be by yourself but like something that you're like man love doing this song no matter how many times i do it i'll just keep mm. coming back to it yeah that's not my own um oh there's a, there's definitely a few out there well man, we I- um we used to do a cover um of uh, of heroes by david bowie that was that was kind of one that i always yeah i always enjoy doing and if i'm like just grabbing the guitar that's kind of a go-to another one that kind of comes to mind which people will probably laugh at is wonderful by oasis i just yeah you know what that's i i I, that's one of my favorites to do i don't even perform but it's just like i'll I'll, like even when i'm like doing voice messages with my friends yeah i will try my best to sing wonderwall but then they'll (laughs) be like man like don't even try i'm like okay but i know that i can at least try that one yeah but like a backstreet boys as long as you love me or i want it that way I, yeah. I, I will try my best, but at yeah. least if someone's like, man, get up on stage with Nick Carter and sing it, I'm like, no, listen, <laughs> behind the scenes, sure, but not on stage. Not on stage. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the, the, and there was also a really cool version that Ryan Adams, not Brian, but Ryan Adams yeah, yeah. did kind of like just a chill version of that Wonderwall song. I don't, I, I don't know how, when it was, but yeah, I just always really loved that song as a kid. And then on the guitar, it's just like, the core like the anyways noel no is it noel gallagher yeah the noel, yeah. That, he wrote it and yeah good on him yeah Impressive. well you know what like speaking of like just like covers like it's funny because 
I know when I was in, uh, so I went to Algonquin for radio and oh, like yeah. y- you hear a lot of the, the same music cause it's on like the station, but then they have like an Ottawa local station that you have to promote like Canadian acts or Ottawa. And at first, when I first started there, I did not like that. Like, I just like, as if I'm going to walk in as a new flanner, like we're changing it. It's yeah. like, no, I was like, all right, whatever. But like, I, I discovered Kale Matson from that station. Oh, yeah. And uh, Kale had, I think Drake's song at the time was Hotline Bling. Yeah, and, like, yeah. It was, I'd, I'd, I'd hop over to the next station. You'd hear it all the time. And then I'm like, ask anyone, I think, in radio, like when people are like, man, I love this new song. It's like, yeah, I've already heard it 50 times. Like, yeah, yeah. And it's only been out for a day. But yeah. I like Kale Matson's Hotline Bling. It just had a little bit more raw emotion. Yeah, like, cool. Drake, I don't know Drake, if I've heard. I don't know if I've oh, heard that. So I'll it's check so, it out. Should, yeah, because yeah, like Drake's version is more like a little bit pop, a little bit like more or less upbeat. But like you're, you know, it's supposed to be because it's Drake. It's kind of sad. It's supposed to be sad. Where it's like ever since yeah. you left the city. But like yeah. Kale's version is like very like I guess emotional. Where yeah. it's like you feel the rawness of like you left the city. Like you're going around dating other people. It's, you're yeah. not the same person. I'm like, man, I feel more Kale's like, this is not good. Where in Drake's, it's almost like, man, like she left, but let's dance. And I'm just they're like, yeah. no, I don't want to. You're, I'm sad. <laughs> I'll have to check that out. I will. That's going to do it for this episode of Tobin Tonight. Our thanks to Tim from the East Pointers for coming on to the show. Remember, you can find past, present, and future episodes on TobinTonight.com, Spotify, and iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and leave a comment or two. For Tobin and myself, this is Jacob saying thank you for listening and good night. You looking to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness? Then check out the Natural Man podcast. Join me, host Mike C, as we explore all areas of human wellness, physical, mental, and emotional. Learn strategies to optimize your own well-being and be in the driver's seat of your own health. Remember, your doctor works for you. Learn biohacks, neurohacks, ways to improve sleep, and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain app, and at naturalmanpodcast.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.